There's a remarkable passage early in Fyodor Dostoevsky's The Brothers Karamazov, wherein a woman, despairing over the difficulties of her life and over the doubts that regularly plague her faith, confesses to the elderly priest, Father Zosima, these arresting words. And listen closely. You see, I so love humanity, she says, that would you believe it, I often dream of forsaking all that I have, of leaving home and becoming a sister of mercy, a nun. And I close my eyes and I think and I dream and at that moment I feel full of strength to overcome all obstacles. No wounds, no festering sores could at that moment frighten me. Now I would bind them up and wash them with my own hands. I would nurse the afflicted. I would be ready to kiss such wounds. And here the woman pauses and Father Zosima responds to her saying, This is much. And well that your mind is full of such dreams and not others. Sometime unaware you might do a good deed in reality. To which the woman responds, and again pay close attention to her words. Yes, she says, but could I endure such a life for long? That's the chief question. That, she says, is my most agonizing question. I shut my eyes and I ask myself, would you persevere long on that path? And if the person whose wounds you are washing did not meet you with gratitude, but worried you with his whims, without valuing or remarking about your charitable services, if they began abusing you and rudely commanding you and complaining to you, what then? Would you persevere in your love then or not? She pauses once more as if reflecting on her own question, and then she finishes saying, And do you know? I come with horror to the conclusion that if anything could dissipate my love to humanity, it would be ingratitude. In short, I am a hired servant. I expect my payment at once, that is praise, and the repayment of love with love. Otherwise, I am incapable of loving anyone. End of story for now. It's long, but it's worth it. Now, this is a haunting exchange. In my view, one of the most haunting exchanges in all of literature. For here, in the space of a single page, Fyodor Dostoevsky lays bare a conflict that so often lurks in the heart of broken humanity, which is that we idealize the virtue of love, love for humanity but then we fall woefully short of that ideal in our actual practice of it. So remember that. We'll come back to it. So having said that, let's turn now from Dostoevsky's words on love and let's turn to words on that same subject from the Apostle Paul. In particular, let's turn to Paul's words from the 13th chapter of his first letter to the Corinthians where as he concludes his beautiful metaphor of how the church is like a body, each individual tasked with a different role, but all parts equally important. 
Let's turn to the part where, having just finished this metaphor, he then says to the Corinthians, to this church currently divided by arguments over who is the most devout among them, over who is the most true to the Christian cause. Yes, let us turn to this passage where, in concluding this beautiful metaphor of the body, Paul then writes this. But if I speak in the tongues of mortals and of angels, but if I have not love, I'm a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. Or if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and have all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but if I have not love, I'm nothing. Or if I give away all my possessions, if I hand over my body so that I may boast, I do all of that. But if I have not love, I am nothing. For love, he says, is patient. Love is kind. Love is not envious or boastful or arrogant or rude. It does not insist, Paul writes, on its own way. It's not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but it rejoices in the truth. It bears all things. It believes all things. It hopes all things. It endures all things. Love, Paul writes, concluding this masterful passage. Love, Paul writes never fails. Now a word on what Paul was responding to here, that is on why he wrote these words. For fitting though they no doubt are, Paul didn't originally write them to be used in wedding ceremonies. There's a whole other reason. Now you see within this church there were factions developing. Each one laying claim to being the most pure, to being the most true to being the most committed to the cause, to being the real Christians. One of those factions was comprised of those who were quite proud of their spiritual giftedness and of their moral piety. How deeply you believed, that is, how deeply you felt it, how able you were to then spiritually express it, that to this faction was what most truly illustrated Christian commitment. But then alongside them was a faction who were quite proud of their deep knowledge and their scholarly intelligence. And to this group, how learned you were, how much scrutiny and logic you applied to your faith, how capable of defending it through reason and erudition you were for this faction, that is what most illustrated Christian commitment. And then finally, there was a faction that were quite proud of their selfless service and their commitment to doing good deeds. And for this group, the belief and the knowledge were not so important. Instead, what was important was just the daily commitment to these acts of service. For them, this and only this is what truly illustrated Christian commitment. And so in order to understand Paul's letter to the Corinthians, and particularly this passage that includes the metaphor of the body, 
And then the words on the primacy of love. In order to understand all of this, in order to have the necessary context for it, we must first understand not only that all three of these factions existed in the Corinthian church, but also that all three were quite proud of their role in it, and what's more, quite suspicious of the work of the others. And quite curious about whether the others were really Christians, real true Christians like them, after all. And so knowing that, hear then afresh these words from the Apostle Paul. These words that follow immediately on the heels of the description of the church as being a body made up of different parts, all working together for one purpose. Now knowing all of this backstory, hear afresh these words from the Apostle Paul as he transitions into this by saying, but if I perform my own part, but if I have not love, then I am nothing. Leading me back to Fyodor Dostoevsky and the brothers Karamazov. After the distressed woman confesses to the elderly priest her central dilemma, that is her ease with talking about love, but her near incapability of actually practicing it, then the priest, Father Zosima, says to her this, It's enough that you are distressed at it. Do what you can and it will be reckoned unto you. Then after a pause and a time of reflection, he says to her, listen carefully, I'm sorry I can say nothing more consoling to you, for love in action is a harsh and dreadful thing compared with love in dreams. Love in dreams is greedy for immediate action, rapidly performed and in the sight of all. Men will even give their lives if only the ordeal does not last long but is soon over, with all looking on and applauding as though on the stage. But active love, he concludes, is labor and fortitude. Doesn't get much better than that. Love in action is a harsh and dreadful thing compared with love in dreams, he says. And active love, he says is labor and fortitude. Or again, as Paul puts that idea, love is patient with everyone. Not everyone in the abstract, everyone. Love is kind to everyone. Love is not envious or boastful or arrogant or rude to anyone. Love does not insist on its own way to anyone. Love is not irritable or resentful of anyone. Love does not rejoice in anyone's wrongdoing. Love bears all things. Love believes all things, love hopes all things, love endures all things. Love never fails anyone. The point of this sermon. Love is not just a warm feeling that we try to manufacture. 
Nor is love a lofty idealism that on closer inspection often turns out to be a glorified form of indifference. Instead, love is active engagement. Love is genuine concern for the other. Love is care about humanity in general, yes, but so much more than that, it is care for human beings in particular. Without this kind of love, Paul reminds us, our words about love amount to just a bunch of noise. Might we remember that? Burt Bacharach famously said that what the world needs now is love, sweet love. And he's right. But he's only half right. What the world needs now is love, active love. The kind of love Dostoevsky's priest talks about. The kind of love the Apostle Paul writes about. The kind of love on account of which Jesus Christ gave his very life. Dear family, without this kind of love, our Christian witness to the world will be like a clanging cymbal. Like just a bunch of noise. And our world doesn't need any more noise right now. So let us, Boulevard Baptist Church, not only talk about the importance of love, not only lift up the lofty ideal of love, but let us commit to demonstrating love daily to those whom we find it easy to love, but also and just as significantly, if not more significantly, to those whom we find it difficult to love as well. For that is what it means to be the body of Christ. That is what it means to be the individual members of it. And that is the difference between love and dreams, as Dostoevsky writes, and love and reality. What the world needs now is love, active love. So let us not shy away from offering it. Let us not grow weary in doing what is right. For let us never forget that no matter what we do or say or think or believe, if we have not love, that is active, particular love, then we have nothing. For let us not forget that it is this kind of love and only this kind of love that bears all things and believes all things, and hopes all things, and endures all things. Let us never forget that it is this kind of love that never fails. That is a promise to which we say, thanks be to God. Amen.